Good morning, Grace Covenant Church. Y'all ready to worship the Lord this morning? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful that you choose to be in the presence of your people, Lord. We, we thank you that, that you choose to bring us into part of, be part of your family, Lord, that you've grafted us into your vine, Lord, that you've bound us together, Lord, that you've brought us into your family to be one with you, to be, to be whole, to be able to be in communion with you. God, today as we worship you, we just ask that you're your spirit would be in this place, Lord, that it would touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Stay 
Grace Covenant Church. Good and good morning to those of you on live stream with us today. I'm Steve Tolson, the interim pastor, for a little bit longer, not much. Uh, good to see all of you. Uh, Jerry says this, the most powerful telescope in the world is being installed. Its first project will be to see if there are Starbucks coffee places on Mars. <laughs> okay. That would be quite important. <laughs> I hope that you, you got a worship guide. In fact, if you didn't, just run back there and grab one. This is really helpful for all kinds of opportunities that are coming up uh, in the church family. Just want to emphasize that a uh, few things. At 11.30, we have uh, a memorial service for dear Mary Widlowski, who passed away the day after Christmas, and you're all welcome. It'll be brief, but important, significant. We'll have some of her family in Georgia participating through live stream, and you're invited to join us at 11.30. And then contribution statements are available back uh, by the entry. And then uh, on February 6th, just two weeks from today, is our potluck annual meeting. And you can see the flyer in the worship guide with a few more details on that. And then, uh, you know, one of the most valuable tools I think we have is the pictorial directory. It was really helpful to me when I was trying to get to know all of you. That's being updated, and we'd love to have your picture in there. And so today's the last. We want to especially have this ready to give to Pastor Nick when he comes in uh, just a little over a week. And so we'd love to have your picture in there. If you, if you haven't done that, uh, there's several people here who'd be glad to take a photo of you. And, and so be sure to talk to, uh, let's see, is Doris? Yeah, talk to Doris. Or, and you have a, a few different people, right, that... So, guys, just, just, just say, somebody take my picture, you know? I'll take it, for goodness sake. Yeah, Rob will take it. So, um, that would be, please don't have any false modesty about this. We need your photo, okay? So that we can um, continue to build relationships within the family. Hey, I want to mention, too, that um, this morning was the beginning of a really outstanding class on the, the important Christian leader Dietrich Bonhoeffer, how'd that go? So, hey, it's not too late to get involved. Um, three more Sundays, and I really encourage you to show up at 8.30 to uh, take that in. Well, I mentioned that in just a little over a week, we'll be joined by our new senior pastor, Nick Von Stein, and his wife, Brianna, and their children. The two older girls are in California, but little Zion and Elias will, will be uh, part of the church family. And uh, do want to be praying for them. They're taking a week uh, down in the Durango area, just to have a getaway between Nick's past jobs and then stepping into this. And uh, he told me the other night that uh, Brianna set this up, and he just says, yes, ma'am, you know. We'll <laughs> And, uh, but that'll be good for them. So let's pray they have safety and a lot of refreshment. He's been working hard. We'll start working hard here. And so I'm glad they have that opportunity uh, together. But today, um, we want to give praise to God and, and give thanks to a group of people who worked their tails off prayerfully 
to allow God to uh, lead us to Nick. And so that's the pastoral search committee. If they would come up for just a moment, we want to thank them. months, something like that, I think it was late October when we affirmed them to be on the, on the committee. Taylor, my goodness, you led well. And uh, Jared, you had double duty as uh, chair of the leadership team as well as working hard on this committee. And, and then Debbie and, and Mark and Jennifer and Tom. And Mark, I know you were not able to continue the last few months, but uh, your role in the beginning days of set, laying the foundation was, was really important. And, and I know all of you worked very, very hard, put in lots and lots of hours. Uh, you talked about how uh, more than a fringe benefit was the relationships you continued to build. And I, I hope you had some fun. Uh, but I know it wasn't easy. And there were times when it was difficult, uh, just making hard decisions, and uh, uh, along the way, a couple disappointments maybe, but uh, we see the fruit of your labor, and we're very, very thankful. So we have some small gifts. Uh, we wish we could give you more, but a small token of appreciation. This is alphabetical, what do you know? It's alphabetical order, it's, well, you didn't line up quite right. There's Mark, and Taylor, and Tom. Hey, let, let's, let's give direct praise to God. Lord, uh, Lord, we thank you for these friends and for their willingness to serve us and to serve you in this uh, very, very important transition within this church family. We thank you, Lord, for their willingness to give of themselves and above all to seek after you, knowing that you, Lord Jesus Christ, are the head of the church, trusting that, that Lord, you and your time would bring just the right person uh, to this fellowship to be alongside us, to to be uh, a shepherd, to be with uh, the other leaders. And, and we ask now that, uh, Lord, as these sisters and brothers, uh, as they at least get a break from this, as they engage in other ministries, that you would uh, give them a little space to, to get rested up and uh, that they would uh, truly enjoy the fruit of their labor as we welcome uh, Nick and his family to join Grace Covenant Church. We praise you and give you thanks in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, let's, let's thank him one more time. And we are here in the presence of Jesus, who shows us the Father, gives us the Holy Spirit. We're here to worship him. Let's do that. Let's stand together. Like radiant diamonds bursting inside, we cannot contain your love. Will surely come find us like blazing wildfires, singing your name. 
God afraid Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire With me in the storm
thankful that we can call you a friend. Lord, a God who brings peace in the middle of the storm. Lord, the God who, who brings shelter. Lord, the God who brings a foundation to stand on. Lord, God, the, the one who covers us. The one who protects us. Lord, the one who provides for us. And get out today, we just want to give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you've done for us. Lord, you're an awesome and mighty God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, we have a new pastor showing up. I think we have a picture of him again. Hey, you know how when you get a new device or a new appliance or a new tool, the manual usually has a little section called Quick Start Guide? <laughs> well, today from God's Word, I want to give you a kind of quick start guide on the newest resource that God's giving Grace Covenant Church, and that's Pastor Nick Von Stein with his family and stepping in just... Um, is it a week from Tuesday or? Yeah, so not long from, from now. And I'd say he's a blessed man. He and his family uh, getting to join Grace Covenant Church. And I'd say you all are blessed in that God is sending Nick and his family to Grace Covenant Church. And so in, in any way that God ever blesses us, in order for it to be all the more of a blessing, it's good to be a good steward a good steward of that blessing, to know how to receive it, how to let God use that, that blessing in our lives. And so the question I want to raise today is how do you unwrap the gift called a pastor? How do you unwrap and let God use the gift called a pastor? And by the way, today I'm talking to myself because, because in, in a couple weeks, uh, Darlene and I will go back to our home church in Littleton, where I was the pastor for, I don't know, 100 years or something, but uh, where I'm no longer the pastor. Oh, yeah, the kids. See, you ought to fire me for forgetting. Um, kids, head off to Children's Church with God's blessing. Know that God loves you. He's with you. He wants to teach you. Yeah, sorry about that. So anyway, I'm talking to myself today, uh, as I was saying, because uh, I'm going back to the church where I was the pastor, but no longer the pastor. And so, really seriously, I, 
as I was preparing this message, I was thinking, okay, how, how am I going to continue to relate to my successor, who was on our staff for seven years, uh, Pastor Carl, a good friend, how am I going to be receptive to him and be supportive of him? He's my pastor at this point. So I'm talking to myself, and we'll be looking at a few different scriptures, um, just, just so there'd be no excuse not to see them. They're printed, uh, for the most part, printed on the notes. Take a look at that, would you, in the worship guide. But I encourage you also to open up a Bible so you can kind of get the context of these primary three scriptures that we'll be looking at. Uh, so for starters, here's the question, what in the world are pastors? What in the world are pastors? When I was growing up, my parents had a ritual for us five kids, a bedtime ritual where we'd have our nighttime prayers. And uh, mom or dad or both would kneel down with us and when we were little and, you know, we had our prayers. Well, uh, my youngest brother, Peter, when he was, I'm, I'm thinking four or five or something like that, uh, he had a couple major requests. He said, God, help the teacher to teach well and help the pastor to past well. <laughs> now, I myself had a rather limited view on what pasting was all about. Um, I just thought it was the guy that got up to give long, boring talks and never had any fun. That was my image of what a pastor was. Uh, one of our traditions in the church, I grew up in Denver, we'd go to Washington Park and have uh, a big annual church picnic, and the highlight for me as a kid was the softball game. Uh, well, this pastor we had, Pastor Roy, he would show up at the picnic in white shirt, tie, dress pants, dress shoes, and he was a terrible softball player. <laughs> so that was my image of a pastor. Uh, God bless him. Um, I'm sure people in my church have had similar images of me. You know? so, anyway, when I was 17, I accepted Jesus when I was 14, when 17, I had a real renewal of faith. And, and I remember having a, a prayer of surrender to Jesus. I said, Lord, I'll, I'll do anything for you. And I meant it. I also meant this. I'll do anything for you except be a pastor. I won't do that. <laughs> I've been at it 45 years, I'm sure. I'm sure Jesus says, hmm, let's see. I wonder who's in charge here, you know. So. But what, what, are, what are these women and men called pastors? The term literally means shepherd though you don't want to push that image too far. I'm afraid there are some pastors who act as if their members are as dumb as sheep and they kind of literally fleece them. You know how that can go, unfortunately? Well, it's the Apostle Peter who describes what leaders are called to be, especially in their character, especially in their character, which is anything but fleecing. And so we, we see this uh, addressing, and this is not just people who have a job called pastor, but really kind of any leaders within the church, though the term does mean pastor, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. That's, that's a pretty important line there, watching over. Not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples uh, to the flock. 
Uh, so, a, an important uh, calling, and, and again, has so much to do with character. That phrase, watching over, it's used a lot in the New Testament to describe leaders within the body of Christ. And it doesn't mean a, a kind of scrutinizing thing. It, it means that you're, you're giving attention, caring attention uh, to what's happening uh, within the body of Christ. To, uh, so you're giving attention so that you can feed faith and, and guide people's lives, especially uh, the lives of people together as the body of Christ. Now, perhaps the, the best single job description, if you will, although I prefer the term ministry description, the, the best ministry description of a pastor might be in Ephesians uh, 4, and uh, this grand, uh, Paul's grand overview of life in Christ. And um, as, as you may know, this, this wonderful letter to the Ephesians, the first three chapters is essentially, here's what God's done, his amazing grace, what he has done to give us new life. The next three chapters is essentially, here's how by the Holy Spirit we, we live out that new life. Uh, a Spirit-energized, especially a, a kind of self-giving love. And uh, for that, as he gets into this second section on living out this new life, verse 7, he says that, that Christ gives, gives um, uh, a unique form of grace to each member. And, and then... Uh, and these are what, what he will call in Romans and especially in 1 Corinthians 12, what he calls spiritual gifts, which are defined really clearly in 1 Corinthians 12 as manifestations, showing ups, showings up of the Holy Spirit uh, for the common good, all done in love, such that each person is some kind of a unique gift. Well, well then verse 14 back here in Ephesians 4 uh, Paul singles out just a few, just a few of the many gifts, but these particular interworking um, functions, these giftings, are of those who have a clear purpose, and here's how it's described in verse 11. So Christ himself gave, he gave the apostles, uh, literally the sent ones. Uh, it goes back to the original 12, but also you could, you could say those who are sent to other places are apostolic. Um, missionaries, are, uh, many of them are apostolic. And then the prophets, those who, who speak directly from God. The evangelists, which means the good news people. They, they share the good news of Jesus. The pastors, that is the shepherds and the teachers. Here's why, here's the purpose. God, Christ gave them to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now that term equip, that's the, the heart of the task, the calling of these various kinds of leaders, including pastors. Uh, it it uh, has a basic meaning of restoring something for its intended use. Uh, it, it's a, it was a technical term for setting a broken bone so that somebody could walk again. Uh, it's also used in the New Testament to describe the those early disciples who were fishermen, and it describes a mending of the nets so the nets could be used. And so when it, when it comes to equipping a group of people, uh, it, it involves, on the one hand, a, a sort of healing. It's, it it, it connotes a, a care for what's broken. 
And let, let's see if we can see a mending of that and a healing and a restoration of that. But at the same time, there's a vision of the purpose of the healing, which is not just so that somebody feels better. It's, it's for the whole purpose of Christ. So it's a mobilization of, of God's people for Christ's purposes, which describes so beautifully in that passage, ultimately a Christ, a unified Christ-likeness. Uh, uh, Grace Covenant's bylaws, which I'm sure you read frequently, um, describes this, this is the purpose. And, and, and by the way, I, I, that sounds sarcastic. I, it, it is an important document. It, it, it's an important guide. Uh, but anyway, the, the purpose of, of the staff here at Grace Covenant is this. I think it's a pretty good expression of what we see in Ephesians. Pastoral and additional ministry staff, servant leadership positions are created to help the congregation fulfill Christ's purposes in the world and among its members and to carry out Grace, Covenant's, Grace Covenant Church's mission. So it's about... Uh, uh, enabling the church to carry out the purposes. And it's this, this mission, what's the mission? Well, it's up here on the banner. Hey, can we just, just let it sink in? C can we read that together? Okay, out loud. We follow Jesus to passionately love God, intimately connect, intentionally grow, joyfully serve, and boldly live out his good news. That's a pretty good biblical expression of why we exist. And the purpose of a leader, including pastors, is to guide that and to equip people for that. That's why Christ gives pastors. Um, well, here's, here's the point that I'd want to make out of Ephesians 4, and that's it's this, pastors, along with others, are Christ's gifts given for equipping the body for to live out Christ's purposes. What pastors are not is a group's hired hands to do what they want, what they want, to kind of maintain their comfortable club. And I know you don't believe that, but I'm afraid there can be an instinct, like we hired the guy to do what we want for our comfort. Nope, sorry, that's not the way it works. It's from Christ for Christ's purposes, which is really good for us. But that's the whole purpose. And I think you know that. It's pretty basic, uh, a biblical kind of principle. But uh, here's, here's a pretty down-to-earth practical question. So what do we do? What do we do with these gifts from Christ called pastors? Uh, what are the members of Grace Covenant Church going to do with this, this guy named Nick that's showing up soon, you know, along with other leaders like, like Nathan and, and uh, the other great leaders here in the body? Well, I want to share a few thoughts on the, on the notes. You can, just, you can just skim those and leave, but I, I pre, it'd be good if you stuck around. But I want to share a few thoughts in the light of Ephesians 4 especially, but also, also, uh, this word found in Hebrews 13, verse 17. And it uh, says this. <clears throat> Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. 
So what do we do with the gift of pastors? Well, I'm just going to mention four things. By the way, point one will be a little on the long side. Just know that the last three will be short. Okay? Somewhat. Um, what do we do? Number one, if, if pastors are gifts from Christ and not just our hired hands, then let's gratefully accept them as the gifts they are, as they are in Christ. Let's gratefully accept them as the gifts they are, as they are in Christ. Now, the pastoral search committee was up here. And my goodness, they worked hard for over a year, seeking what God wanted. But I'm rather certain they knew that the person God would send would be a human being. An ordinary human being. Some churches almost have pastoral qualifications. It almost gets this ridiculous. It's as if the, 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 we, we're looking for a pastor. Here's what we need. Under the age of 40, with 50 years of experience, <laughs> spends lots of time with family, but available 24-7. <laughs> Proclaims the truth boldly, but never offends anyone. Expertise in teaching, management, fundraising, evangelism, social media, crisis intervention, and community relations, and so on and so forth. That's not the kind of person God ever created, right? It's not the kind of person God will ever send and give as a pastor. Um, for one thing, we're all sinners saved by grace, including pastors. Um, you get, Nick's a sinner. He's the first to admit it. You're not getting some perfected individual. Uh, that's not going to happen. We're all on long journeys of transformation into the image of Christ. It's happening. We're not there yet. Um, and that includes those called and given to lead. And, and, and as, as such, and as he and other leaders are, are we willing to receive them as Christ's gift? And uh, in this case, to let Nick be who he is in Christ. Let him be who he is in Christ. Um, and support what he's becoming in Christ. He's, he's on that journey himself in his own faith. Uh, you know, we heard how leaders are called to watch over. It's a really important term to watch over. Uh, leadership team was bringing this up the other night. Bob Perborski was, was emphasizing to, 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 to be alert, to, to watch over with care is important for all leaders. Well, it's, it's, it's brought up by the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20 when he's, he calls the elders, the leaders from Ephesus together, and, and he's, he's got some, some important words for them, and he does say, watch over, you know, the, the, the God's flock, it's God's flock, God's people, but he first says, watch over yourselves, watch over your own faith, uh, your own heart, and um, one thing it means for those of us who are um, you know, under that kind of care of a pastor is, is, is we want to support the pastor's very, very highest calling, which is not to be a pastor. The highest calling is, is that person's identity uh, as a child of God and that relationship with God. And we want to support that and, and make, make sure that we, we understand, allow the pastor time, uh, not just to prepare sermons, but to get his or her heart in a good place with the Lord.
And, and another high, high calling for a pastor who has a family is to be the, the spouse, to be the parent that God calls the pastor to be. Um, more than, by the way, supporting Nick in his call to his family, Brianna and the four kids, is that we would be generous financially. Um, we, we want to be generous for the whole mission of the whole church, but it does include uh, supporting those who've been called to a full-time kind of ministry. When I first became a pastor, you know, you know this whole thing, what do you pay a pastor? It's kind of an awkward sort of thing. Um, and so this, my first church out in Kansas, this old farmer, when we're trying to work out some of this stuff, he says, why, Steve, we don't pay you to serve as a pastor. You're just a full-time volunteer. Like all, all of us serve Christ as volunteers. You're just a full-time volunteer, so you don't have time to get a real job. He said, we, but we don't want you to starve, so we give you this money so you can pay the bills. Now, I, I don't know if that's quite the way to look at it, but uh, the, the, the point is that behind it was um, this kind of support um, that uh, just gave the freedom to use pretty much, you know, all your working time to be guiding and equipping uh, the church and not sweating, how in the world am I going to pay the bills? And, and, and sometimes it is God's calling. Uh, many pastors, um, um, they, 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 they have a so-called real job, but, but then they, they're part-time pastors. Uh, and, and, but but we, we've been led to free up Nick not to have to give his attention to some other kind of work. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to be real blunt about something. I've come to know Nick just a little bit. He's not in this for the money. He's not in, in it for the money, but he does have a family that he's got to support. And, um, and I'll just say that um, the leadership team fully agrees with this. Nick, Nick agreed to accept a relatively low compensation for a person trying to raise a family here in Lakewood, Colorado. It's definitely on the lower side. Now, this is not a criticism of the church or the leadership team. The leadership team really wanted, really desired to, to, to have more of a middle-of-the-road compensation for a pastor of a church this size in uh, the Denver metro area. But also just simply had to be realistic, had to be good stewards of the resources that Grace has, resources that Grace doesn't seem to have right now. But Nick, about complaint, has, has agreed to this, and God's provided other ways where, where it's, it's, it's going to work out. But um, in, in another provision, uh, the church had uh, 18 months without a full-time pastor, and what the leadership team wisely did was to set aside some funds uh, for when a full-time pastor did come, and, and that's, some of that's being used now uh, to help with the compensation for Nick when he starts next month and because that fund will no longer be there but what it does require even with that it does require that the the uh, the income of the church go up 10 percent not a huge amount but it does have to go up about 10 percent and without that special fund being there in 2023 probably and, and the treasurer's right back there, and you, you just wave or something. If I'm getting this, if I'm off on this, Colin, 
but uh, in 2023, most likely, the income will have to go up another 10%. Not a lot, but it'll have to be going up. And uh, it's not a lot, but if, if you're, here's what I would ask, that you pray about that. It's not just about Nick, but it's about all the mission of the whole church, but it includes a new pastor. And uh, I just ask that, that you pray, Lord, what would you have me do in terms of uh, the management of what you've given to me uh, financially, including the support of my church family and its mission? And, and it could be that it's as simple as, yep, you're giving by 10%. So if you're giving, I don't know, say 400 bucks a month, you'd up it by $40 a month, you know, 10 bucks a week or something. Um, or maybe, maybe it's just a thing where, well, in your walk with Christ, you haven't come to that place yet, where there's a, a regular off-the-top proportion that goes to God's work. And maybe this is a really good time to start that. So uh, this is not a legalistic thing. It's not pressure. It's an invitation. Blessed to be a blessing with the stuff you're, you've been blessed with. And uh, it's, it's part of, it, it's part of uh, a kind of welcoming of a new pastor. Now, let me, let me give another way that uh, we can accept pastors as gifts, and that's this, that sooner or later, Pastor Nick will say something or do something that you don't like. Not if, it's kind of when, uh, at least with somebody, I don't know what, um, something you're not comfortable with. And uh, what's that about? Well, it could be that it's, it's an opportunity for Nick to learn and grow, especially if you have a concern, you don't talk to anybody else, you go to him. I'm rather certain, he said this during the QA a couple weeks ago, he's the kind of guy, he'll listen. He'll listen and try to learn. But you go to him, you don't talk to everybody else about it, you go to him and say, you know, I just, I gotta be honest, I was kind of offended by this, or I, I'm not real sure about such and such. Give him the opportunity to learn. Please give him that opportunity. He'll be open. Same time, it could be that when he says something you're not comfortable with, it's God speaking and trying to shake things up, and it's your opportunity to learn and grow. So can you be open to that. You know, Hebrews, back in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 17, when it says, most translations, you might have one, most translations just simply say, obey your leaders. Well, that, a more literal, the more literal term means, let yourself be persuaded. That's what it literally means. Let yourself be persuaded. Uh, not to be gullible. I think it means, just be open. Um, have a positive attitude. Be, be receptive. Uh, trust this gift that God sent. Think the best of his motives. And, um, and, and, and be open. I think the New International Version probably catches the nuance pretty well when it says, um, have confidence in your leaders. Don't be, don't be um, cynical or suspicious but, but have that, that confidence. Now, it leads to this. Number two, if pastors are gifts from Christ, um, well, it would help if this was on, actually. So it, it, it leads to, to this. Well, sorry, sorry. 
You'll get a new pastor soon. There we go. If pastors are gifts from Christ, the one and only Lord, and if pastors are given for his purposes, then let's focus on the one pastors are accountable to. Let's focus on him and um, the purposes of Christ that the pastor is accountable for. And, and when it comes to have confidence in your leaders, that's where the confidence ultimately goes. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. Um, when Hebrews 13 says, obey your leaders, or, or rather, submit to your leaders, it's, it's not so much to them personally or directly. It's, it's a submission to the Lord uh, who's given that leader. Um, any authority that we pastors have uh, lies in how we have been authorized to lead, and only there. Not by our own inclinations or our own desires, but we're, our authority is in how we've been authorized to serve by the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus himself. And uh, authorized by the one to whom any pastor is ultimately accountable. And I tell you what, when, when together, the pastor and the people, when we focus on Christ as Lord, it, it, it lowers the chances of just getting into personality issues and power plays. Because together we're all submitting uh, to the one Lord of what is his church. And it leads to a two-sided question. On the one hand, will, will we hold Pastor Nick accountable? Uh, to this, this calling, to his accountability to Christ. It's important that we do that. The leadership team especially hold him accountable. But at the same time, will, will we also allow and support what Christ calls him to do? Um, even if it's not exactly what we prefer or are used to. And that leads to this, uh, number three. Mabel, you may, be, may have to help me today. Number three there. Yeah, thank you very much. If pastors are gifts from Christ and have a clear purpose from him, then let, let's, let's ourselves give ourselves to that mission that the pastor's guiding. Let's give ourselves actively to that purpose, to that mission. See, a pastor's never a one-man show. Uh, always, always in Scripture and here at Grace, a pastor's called to lead with other people with a team of leaders, the rest of the staff, the leadership team, and so on, and to be alongside the whole body exercising its gifts to serve. You know, the healthiest authority of any kind of a pastor is kind of like a conductor of an orchestra. You know, the conductor doesn't, isn't a one-man show. It, wouldn't it be silly if you went to a concert and all you saw was a guy going like this? You know? Now, it's an important role a guy has, but what he's doing is is guiding all the beautiful individual gifts of every player in the orchestra, each, each different, um, but bringing them together, not for the sake of him or them, but for the sake of a larger purpose, this beautiful music. And what it means in this case with the pastor and a body is that um, every single player in that orchestra or if we put a sports image, every single player on the team is important and needed and vital. It'd be ridiculous if a, pa if a church was just a pastor putting on a show. That is not 
what a church is. Pastors just on the side kind of doing a little conducting, a little coaching. And God calls us all to be involved. Uh, Hebrews 13 says, when you give yourselves to what Christ is giving and the pastor to pursue, when you submit and um, you're open to him or her, um, Hebrews says, do it in a way that that work will be a joy and not a burden. Literally, it says that it'll be without, without groaning. <laughs> um, you know what gives a Christ-following pastor the most joy? It's expressed well by the Apostle John in his third letter. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that you are walking in the truth. That's how you bless it. You don't just do it for the pastor, but that does give the pastor joy as you walk in the truth, following Jesus. And that leads to number four, last point. If pastors are Christ's gifts, okay, help me, Abel, thank you. If pastors are Christ's gifts for our own good, and also if they're on the front lines of Christ's war that's still waging with powers of evil, let's encourage them, let's pray for them. Let's make that a priority together. When, when Darlene and I came to um, Centennial Covenant Church in Littleton, which is Grace Covenant's daughter church, um, 30 plus years ago, it, it was just so small, so struggling. And uh, as God started bringing people, many of them were just severely broken people. Um, a few of them coming out of the occult. And, but coming to Jesus, but we had, we had intense spiritual battle. I always had all, the, all those years, but especially those early years. It, it got pretty hairy at times. And along the way, I, I, I got some good advice. Steve, you need to gather a prayer team for you, just for you and Darlene. People will pray for you. My, my instinct was to say, well, that's kind of arrogant to ask people just to pray for us. But then I prayed about it, thought about it. Well, it's really kind of arrogant not to do that. And, and, and so um, we started praying together. Okay, who's some people we might invite to just say, would you be willing to just really, really consistently, regularly, even every day, pray for us and our family um, as, as pastors? And a couple came to mind, uh, Barb and Howard Moss, an interesting couple. They'd come to Jesus in their probably 50s, um, ten years prior, they had been kind of nominal Methodists, but they started going to a Roman Catholic church where there was a renewal going on, and they came to Jesus. Don't ever say that God's not at work in any kind of church, you know? But anyway, they, they came to a vibrant faith, and especially Barb was such a prayer warrior. And so one morning, <laughs> I just walked up to her, ready to ask her, would she consider possibly being on this team that would pray every day for us? And before I could get a word out, she says, Steve, Howard and I were just talking the other night. She had this strong Texas accent, and she said, we were just talking the other night, and we were praying. We sensed God saying, uh, Howard, Barb, I want you to commit yourselves to praying for Steve and Darlene every day. And he's, she said, would that be all right if we did that for you? <laughs> I said, oh, I guess so. <laughs> but then, you know, she, she was just so delighted when I said, well, actually, that's exactly what I was about to ask you to do. And... Um, I tell you, as a pastor, over 45 years with three congregations, including Grace Covenant now, 
Um, I've been so blessed. This was so much encouragement and prayerful support. And uh, out, of, out of that text, I just had a lot of joy, you know, a lot of satisfaction and a lot of joy. But I, I can also say it, it hasn't always been easy. And at times, really hard. Um, it's interesting in Hebrews 13, when it says watch over, it's actually a different term that's used than what Paul uses for watch over. It literally means not sleep. <laughs> and I hope Nick gets lots of sleep, okay? But it's, it, it kind of implies that you're, you're, you're up all night caring, you know, for the people. But anyway, um, sometimes it gets hard. At, at times as a pastor, you feel like you've got several hundred bosses, you know, with differing opinions. And, and guidance for you. Um, I don't know that I ever have come home and told Darlene, well, I got done every single thing that I had on my to-do list. It's, it's never done, you know? I mean, it's always somebody that you feel you should call or, or, or one more look at that sermon or whatever, um, like a lot of other jobs. Um, and then there's the privilege, the, but also the heavy responsibility of passing on the very word of God. You know, James 3 says, those who teach will be judged more strictly. One Sunday, I got up to preach uh, down Littleton, and I looked to my left, and there was Dr. Doug Grotheis, a, a Denver Seminary professor of philosophy and ethics. Um, brilliant man. We're, we're good friends. But if you don't know him, he can be pretty intimidating. And he was I, I just got up to preach, and, and, and Doug was like this. And his, his, his head slowly went up, you know, to hear what Steve had to say. So there was Doug over to, to my right, and I looked over to my left, and there was a middle school kid picking his nose. <laughs> Literally. And I just breathed, oh, God have mercy. I'm supposed to minister to both these men. <laughs> So it's like impossible. Um, now, let me, let me just say this. Um, this pastoring stuff, it, it is not the hardest job in the world. I mean, when I have pastor friends who are kind of whining about, oh, we have the hardest job, I say, oh, good grief. Have you ever actually talked to any of your members and hear what they do? So it's not like it's the hardest job in the world. Uh, and there's a lot of benefits, of course, but, but the call to be a pastor is a big responsibility, and I tell you what, it's kind of getting harder these days. A survey was conducted in November, a very widespread survey throughout the United States, said 38% of American pastors considered quitting ministry altogether last year, 38%. And of those under the age of 45, it was 46% almost half of them, seriously considered just dropping out, maybe not of faith, but dropping out of vocational ministry. Why? They gave specific reasons, mainly the stress of leading in the intensified polarization related to the pandemic and politics. Verse 7 of Hebrews 13. Uh, I think I have a slide for it. Yeah. Um, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's what it's all about. He's the one it's all about. 
don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. You know, one thing I pray for any church, one thing I pray for Grace Covenant Church, I'm really praying this for the whole American church, is that we'd all be so focused on Christ and his kingdom that we'd set aside secondary non-kingdom convictions, especially the ones that easily distract us from Christ and the kingdom. And, and the things that so easily divide us in Christ's body. Uh, often convictions that come more out of fear than come out of faith. And wouldn't you agree that part of welcoming a pastor is to let the pastor and leaders focus on not this or that little battle we're in, you know, political battles or whatever, but, but let leaders focus on the battle with the enemy? You see, one way pastoring is harder than many vocations is that leaders in the body of Christ are targets of the evil one. Leaders in Christ's body are targets of the evil one, not because we're more important than anybody else. It's just plain strategic. If the enemy can bring down a leader in one shot, it can bring down lots of others within a particular group. And so please pray for Nick and Nathan, Kelly, Doris, the rest of the staff, for Chris, as, as, as they could be extra targets, not to be afraid about it, but could be extra targets of the one who wants to disrupt the work of Jesus. But I tell you what keeps all that from being overwhelming and what can keep us all on track it's, it's above all and number one that the living Jesus is over what is his church. Uh, he will prevail. Uh, he's not going to let us go. He indwells us. He's with us, all of us. He's with those who are called to lead, who are called to be pastors. He's the one who forgives, restores, guides, and empowers. And with that, this living Lord has a body of gifted people fellow Christ followers. So a leader never, ever has to lead alone. And uh, let me just close by saying again, um, Grace Covenant is so blessed to have Nick and Brianna joining the family and also so blessed to have uh, pastors like Nathan, leaders like Kelly, Doris, Chris, uh, Michelle, the whole leadership team, and so many other leaders. The church is so blessed and um, I'd say those leaders are also so blessed to have you, as I have been so blessed personally to have you in, in our lives. As we walk alongside each other, following Jesus as his body in his mission to this world. Let's pray together. Thank you, Holy Father, that by your truly amazing grace, you made a choice not to let us just drift into, into hell, to try to live life just on our own, but that you have saved us, you've reconciled us, you've 
given us new life. You've given us your spirit. And thank you that this includes being part of a family, part of your body, Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the ways that we're privileged, Lord, to serve each other, to serve together, reaching out to this world. And we thank you, Lord, that among the gifts would be those who are called to be servant leaders. I thank you for the leaders of Grace Covenant Church. I thank you, Lord, that you are now sending uh, Nick von Stein along with his family. Lord, we do ask that you, you grant uh, the von Steins uh, a good, solid week of, of fun and rest together. And then we ask that you be continue to prepare him to uh, live out the calling that he will have as the senior pastor of Grace Covenant Church. And I, I pray that you'd prepare us, Lord, to, to be welcoming, to be supportive, uh, to be honest with him about this or that, and, and to be actively participating in your calling for this whole body. And uh, Lord, as one who watched more from kind of a distance, I, I look forward, I look forward with expectation and confidence of the great good that you will carry on uh, through this body. And uh, these things we pray with thanksgiving and expectation in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Yeah, I'd like to, <laughs> I'm acting like a lame duck leader, aren't I? <laughs> I'd like to invite the ushers to come and I receive our gifts for his mission um, as we sing a song. I want to say this is an old song. We don't have the words for it, but if you know it, please sing along. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of Family of God, family of God, may his spirit indwell you as he leads us together, following Jesus in his mission in this uh, broken world. Hey, I do hope that if, it, well, if you want, please feel free to join us for the service uh, remembering Mary Widlowski. That'll start at 1130. Tom Duckworth will have a brief meditation from God's word. We'll allow some people to share their hearts about Dear Mary. Uh, but as you go on your way, may uh, 
May the Lord fill you and bless you. Amen. Amen.